0: That was best, I think, some of our favorite part of the service. And I think people are waiting for that. And last week, there were, many were not happy because Veronica was not feeling well and she couldn't do it last week. So I would like to, I'd like to watch the second part and see who wins, right? <laughs> Actually, I find off, so often how God puts all things together. And some of, a lot of times, it's not a coincidence, but God put things in a right way. As uh, today's uh, children's sermon talked about Satan you know, and how uh, it tried to tempt people and, and make people fall away from God. And it leads into today's message. Let me begin with a prayer. Father, we just come before you today, and I p- we pray as Apostle Paul prayed and asked, Oh, that I may know him, that oh, may I may be found in Christ Jesus. Oh, I may gain Christ. Oh, may I, under- I may understand and gain to know the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. We come today, God, to worship you and honor you. We look to you and we say our desire is that we may know you more. Our hearts and lives be uh, fully, be made like you, God. Send guiding leaders, speak to us today. But I ask, as we always ask, we want more than good teachings and more than good message. We want more than principles. We want your very presence. God, living with us, being near us, God. So come even today. Speak to us directly. Meet with us. Encounter us, God. Show us your heart. Show us your ways. We love you, God. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me begin with this uh, scripture. This scripture has been in my heart for this whole week, you know, and as I prepare for today's word, and the word really was, the, was speaking to me was the word transformed. And it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And the word transformed is important here. And you know, in you know, I do a preparation for message. I do a little Google search. I found this pic. I like this. It talked about to not be shaped by the word. And that uh, that that passage speaks about us not becoming like this word, not being shaped by this word. Instead, I love this so cute. And, and this is energy version, new living translation. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a person by uh, changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Listen, this is, God has been really stirring in my heart, and the question that I've been really wrestling with before God is, how do I live like a child of God? What does it mean to be an authentic child of God? What does it mean to be a true Christian? And God is really speaking to us last couple of months, speaking to us the heart issues. What does it mean to be really a people who are called by God and living in God's grace? as in a Really including compassionate heart, the heart, the heart that loves God and Great Commission, and all different things. The thing that God is really speaking to my heart was about us becoming more like Jesus Christ. That is, a Christ, Christian is one who is becoming more like our Heavenly Father. very image of our God, the Father, is really, Jesus is the very image, becoming more like Christ. Our hearts becoming transformed, and becoming more and more like our God who loves us. I found a really wonderful pick you know, that I downloaded and put on my Facebook page this week. If you meeting Jesus has not changed your life, then you must have met wrong Jesus. If you really met God, God who loves us, God who delights in us, and if that God is living in us, he will surely transform our hearts and lives. Definitely this is true. And I thought how perfectly that, that my studies, our studies on the book of Daniel and the life of Daniel perfectly fit into this uh, this uh, understanding, this thought. Today's message title is Purpose in His Heart. We're talking about Daniel. I'm going to quickly go through the book of Daniel chapter 1. Some of you joined me in yesterday's Bible study on the book of Daniel. I love Daniel, and I've been meditating on it probably for a couple of months already, and studying, looking through it, there is no person, really anybody like Daniel. And I, you know, if I had to change, if I change my name to something, I'll change it to Daniel. Our church is our favorite Daniels, okay? I'll join Daniels in our church, okay? Anyhow. Uh, Let me begin, okay? Um, Let me begin. Uh, Things has been difficult for us last six months. Very difficult. Things have changed. So many things changed. We live in a very uncertain and troubled times. It's difficult to know what is right, difficult to know how to think and behave in these days. You, You students, if you are still in school, teaching and learning, school changed. The fact that you don't have to go to school every day. You can stay home. I don't know if it's just good or bad, but a lot of changes everywhere. And things are difficult. You thought, you think things are difficult? You have to really look at Daniel. What things happen in his life. In in 605 BC, when Daniel was about about 10 or 12, 12 to 13 years old, a king named Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came and waged a war against Israel and, and Judah, and they destroyed the Judah and they conquered Judah and went in and, 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 and really desecrated the temple and took a lot of people into exile into Babylon. And among them was Daniel. And this young man, Daniel, saw his nation destroyed, and his people killed. He saw the temple of God being desecrated. Temple where God supposed to dwell with them. And many people wondering, where is God? If God is real, if our God is powerful, how could God, how could my God lose to their God? Babylon, you know, Babylon how could Babylon beat us? How could Babylon take over our nation and destroy the temple? People really, really wondering, where is God in the midst of all these things? Is our God true God? Is our God still in control? This was some of the questions they are wondering. And, and Daniel was taken into exile about 700 miles away, probably in chains, and walked all the way there and living as exile, living as slaves in a foreign land. Difficult, isn't it? Look at this verse one. It says, "In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah." I didn't know, you know, king of Judah's last name was Kim. Jehoiakim. Okay, okay, very bad joke. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. This is the first of the three times he came, and six hundred five he came, five ninety seven he came, five eighty six he came. Then third time he totally decimated it. This is the first time he came. Look at what he says. The next verse, he says, "The Lord God, the Lord gave Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into the hand, into his hand." Very interesting. I'm not going to read that verse here. It says, after after uh, Nebuchadnezzar came, God says, the reason he came, the reason he won and beat and unbeaten, beat and, and and conquered over Israel is because God let him. God gave permission. God gave King of Judah into his hand. The Lord God gave this thing the them into their hands because they have sins, their rebellion. Listen carefully. Our God is in control. When an innocent man was beaten, prosecuted wrongly, and hung on the cross, God was in control. When Son of God was on the cross, people laughing at Him, spitting at Him, making fun of Him, He was in control. When Jesus died on the cross, The devil leaped with joy, with feeling of triumph. God was in control. Our God reigns. Our God rules. Even when things look difficult for us to understand, Bible is very clear. Our God is in control. Nothing is out of His control. He reigns. What Satan didn't know was when Jesus was crucified on the cross and died. God's plan was to resurrect him in three days. That was already prophesied many years ago, many, many years ago. God, in his plan, he uses human simpleness and all those things, yet God's purpose and plan will be done. God is in control. Amen? I feel like jumping out in songs and singing. Oh, God reigns. You know, one of the songs we sang a lot in this season was Waymaker. There is that line I like, in, in, in some way it says, even when I don't see it, you are working. Even when I don't feel it, you are working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. This is who you are. This is who our God is. Our God is working. He is in control. Even when, when you don't understand, when you don't when you, when you cannot figure things out, when it looks like everything is bad, difficult to understand, our God is still working. He is in control. That gives me confidence. The reason God has given us word of God and word of God in Old Testament, all those stories, to let us know God was faithful then, the same here we say faithful today. God who was faithful then, he me yesterday, today, and forevermore, he is faithful today, even right now, till the end, he will be faithful. This is why the word of God was given. You know, and, 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 not only, not only was, you know, Daniel in a difficult place, he's now in a new place. And this king Nebuchadnezzar had a very unique plan. Maybe not that unique, he had a plan. What he, what the plan he had was to take some of the young men, young, some of the young, uh, noble ones, of the exiles and choose them and to put them in a a training program. It says, Then king ordered Aspenaz, the chief of his uh, officials, eunuchs, to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and of the nobles. And he chose those without defect, those who were good-looking, showing intelligence, smart, discerning knowledge, with common sense, ability to serve a king's court. He chose them, and then what it says in verse 5 and 6 is that uh, he's chosen them to serve, and what he has done is that he would have a training program to train them and give them the food that he eat, the best of the Babylon, and he will teach them the ways of Babylon. He says in verse 5, it says in the later, appointed that they should be educated for three years, at the end of which they were to enter the king's special service. And they were given best food, they were trained, they're trained with the literature of the day of that ba- you know, of, uh, of Shal- uh, Shaldeans, Babylonians, and the language. And they were being trained. Really, you see, the program really was what I call operation conform. He, he wanted to make this Jewish young man into Babylonian mold. so they will forget who they are. They will forget where they came from. With all the good food and all the education, they will become like Babylon. They will think like Babylon. They will talk like Babylon. They will live like Babylon. This is what, this is what was happening in midst of them. And, and then not only that, they gave them their... They gave them a new name. It says, to Daniel, you know, his name meant, God is my judge. He gave them the name Belt which means Baal, the god of Babylon, favors. Hananiah, he named them uh, Shadrach, which means illumined by moon god, Shad, and Mishael, which means, who is like God? And gave them the name Mishap, whose name who is like Aku. Azariah gave, them the, he gave him the name Abednego. Abennego is servant of Nebo, one of the gods they served in Babylon. His name was meant, Lord is my help. And they, he, they were giving them new name, trying to give them new identity. Make them like Babylon. Talk like Babylon, live like Babylon. Listen very carefully. The spirit of Babylon is still working right now in this world. Not only then, but it's all over the world it is working to really work on not only young people, old people to forget who they are in God. forget Forget God's ways. Forget the name of God. And call evil as good. Call good as evil. And they will deny God. Walk away from God. And deny the truth that God is make you a Babylonian. And, so, and, so, and I know this week, this past week, Howard County started schools. And a week before, the Montgomery County started schools. I'm not saying all your teachers are trying to make you Babylonians, but in the midst of all the things, there is a general spirit that's working to really teach people to more people to not think Of God's ways. And walk away from what is right. And what would you do. If you are Daniel in that place. If you are 13 or 14. What would you do in those places. This is what I want to spend time on. In verse 8. It says in verse 8. But Daniel. Made up his mind. That he would not be defiled. He would not defile himself. With the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the chief officials that he might not defile himself. This young man, Daniel and his three other friends, who are under exile, who are being trained, chosen and trained in their place, made up his mind, set and decided in his heart. And I looked at a few other translations to get a better nuance of the word. It says, Daniel placed in his heart, literally means Daniel placed in his heart. Daniel made up his mind is NASP. And I say, Daniel resolved, made a resolve. And New King James Version says, Daniel purposed. In his heart, his purpose in his heart, he made a resolution. He was yet determined. He has set his heart to do what? He says, not to be defiled. He will not defile himself, he will not make himself unclean. Uh, contemporary English Bible says that he would, wouldn't pollute himself. Another version is said, he will not disobey God, violate God's law he did set in his heart with all the pressure trying to make him like Babylon, think like Babylon and, and walk like Babylon, forget his God, he chose in his heart, said his heart. I'm not going to be defiled. I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to live as a child of God, son of God. You see, Daniel made a choice to put God first in his life. He decided in his heart to do what is right and what is true according to God's word not what others think or say. To be holy to live by God's standard. He made a decision to put his trust in God not in other things in this world. He had decided in his heart in spite of difficulties he will be faithful to God. You may be be left at ridiculed that, you may be cancelled on your face, whatever, different things, persecuted even death. Knowing all this, he decided to be faithful to God. He decided not to compromise. No compromise. Not conform, but be transformed. You see, that's where Romans 12 comes in. He said, "To not be conformed to the way of this world, to not behave like this world, to not, you know, copy the way of this world, but be transformed. Be transformed how? By renewing of your mind, that you will think differently. You will think rightly." See Romans 12, 2. He said, "Be but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." Why? He said, look what he says. So that you will know what the will of God is. How do you know will of God? When you are tra- when you when you're being transformed, when in your mind you'll get be able to understand, you'll be able to understand the will of God for you, and God's will for is always perfect, always good, always acceptable. Amen. And so he so he decided in his heart, and then he goes on. I'm not going to read all the passage that he goes on for a test. And he asked permission to the, and those who were overseeing him asked them, can you test me? Can you see, can I not eat those food, the food that was the king's food was, which was given and, and, to the idols first and used as the idol worship? And those food which I shouldn't be eating as a Jewish person, the kosher, uh, uh, unkosher food. Can you, can I not eat those things? And he asked permissions, and he said, can you test me for 10 days? And I will eat vegetables and water if you give us, and not those other food. Just test us for ten days and see whether we'll be okay. And then, after ten days, you can compare us with other, other people. Others. And he asked for a test. And, and, he, and, and, and God gave Daniel favor among those who were overseeing, overseeing Daniel and others. And they gave him permission. He, he was tested. After that, the Bible literally says, I think it says in... It says... My eyes are getting so bad. I cannot read this. And they were fatter and healthier than the others. How can you be eating vegetable for 10 days and be fatter? You know, he's not saying you should be a vegetarian. I don't think God is vegetarian. I am not a vegetarian. I don't want to be a vegetarian. Some of you, I know you... Anyway... Let, let me not go there. It's not about being vegetarian. It's, it's, it's a miracle. God honored their choice, Daniel's choice. I want, I don't want to define myself. I want to be faithful to God. I want to be, live like people of God. I want to eat like people of God. When he did that, God blessed, him. even though he only ate vegetables and water, he was fatter and healthier than everybody else. There was a miracle. A powerful miracle. Not only that, in verse 17, I believe it says, uh, as for these three youth, four youth, God gave them knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. God honored them. God, uh, God honored them by giving them more wisdom, more understanding, more knowledge. And see, after the 10 days of tests, they uh, allowed them to for the next three years Have a different diet, not like what everybody else was eating. He was eating, they were eating vegetables and water for the next three years. And uh, for that, God honored them by giving all kind of wisdom and all the supernatural blessings. I want you to, and and, uh, this is the principle you have to understand. Listen carefully. God honors those who honor God. Amen. God honors those who honor Him. Literally, there's a verse, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. It says, for, the, uh, for those who honor me, God said, I will honor. Those who honor me, I will honor. This is God's principle. You honor God, God said, I will honor you. You honor God with your choices, God, said, I, I, God honors you. If you despise God with your choices, God will not look on you with favor. Definitely true. Look at this verse. And Second Chronicles chapter sixteen verse nine, it says, literally it says, "God's eyes, uh, eye of the Lord God, moves through and through all over the earth, that He may strongly support." He wants God desire to support those whose heart is completely His. And the thing is, God here saw this young. Poor young men who was in a very difficult place, difficult place, and they chose to honor God, and God honors them. He says that God, eye of the Lord, go move all around the world, trying to He wants to support strongly, and He found those who are completely His, whose heart is wholly holy His, and God began to bless Daniel and three of his friends. God. Bless them. God honors those who honor Him. I want to speak to our young people as you began this school year this year. You know, this is, I, this is rare that I've done, I'm doing this. I'm speaking to young people. Two weeks in span of four weeks, more than I've done, you know, and I want to let you know as you choose to honor God in your school, in your studies, and all those things, He will honor you. He will honor you. Your choice you make, who you will honor, who you will honor, will determine God's favor and blessing upon you. I know as young people you have a lot of pressures and a lot of fears and anxiety you deal with. Daniel had a whole lot more, different, greater level of stress and, and fears and anxieties. But in the midst of all he chose: I'm gonna be faithful to God. I'm not gonna compromise. I'm not, going, I'm not going to be molded the way the world does. I want to think and live as God calls me to be. God gave them wisdom. May the Lord do that to you. And I want to challenge your parents. I want to challenge parents. In a, we were having Bible study, as we, we studied, and we talked about this. How, what did their parents do to prepare these 13 and 14-year-olds to really, really choose to live like that. There's something the parents must have done to prepare them so that they can make those choices. That's the call we have in this generation. To for our parents, for us to be raising those who will stand, not compromise. Look at this verse, Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God because. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he is, and he is reward of those who earnestly seek him. You see, we come to God by faith, and when you come, we believe and we know, we believe and acknowledge and trust that our God is there. Not only that, we come believing that when we earnestly seek him, he will reward us. I believe God is calling this generation to arise, all of us to all of us to rise, not just young. All of us to become more like our Lord Jesus, to be transformed in His image by renewing of our mind. It starts with our heart being set. God, we will set, seek you first. We will put you. But it is. It, it is really begins with that choice. Not only once, but continual choice. I'm going to seek you first, God. I want to know you. I want to know I need to know the word of God. I need God's grace in my life. As you come, God will God will strengthen our hearts and minds. And He will bless us. See, Daniel, purpose in his heart. I really believe in this generation, in these times we are living in, with all the crazy things going on in media and everywhere else, God is reminding us not to be conformed to the way of this world but be transformed, being faithful to our God, becoming more like Him. Are we growing to be, in, in His image, are we growing to be more like Him? That's the call. That means, that means that is what it means to be holy, becoming more like Christ. That, in, that means more than my character, all of my life, my thoughts, my actions, and my life becoming more like the way God called us to be. That's being transformed. That's what you call holiness. Not a heavy word, but simply that we are becoming more like Christ. If we are being transformed in an image more and more, we have his heart. If we will love our neighbors well. We will embrace all people well. We will care for people in a right way. We will hate injustice. We will fight evil. This is because we are becoming more like our Lord, our God. But that's who our God is. Daniel purpose in his heart. Let me end with that verse again. As a baby, it will be a good memory verse for us to pray through and meditate. And do not be conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you know what the will of God is, that which is perfect, Good and acceptable and perfect. I really believe this morning, this afternoon, God is inviting us to draw near and seek God, to know him. As the prayer team is getting ready, let me just talk to you a second. Everything begins with our initial choice, initial trust in Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we begin our life in God. We were all living in this world, living just like everybody else. And, and, un, 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 unless we come to the place where we are realized, we're living in this darkened world. And there is God who loves me again. He's, he's, the only one who can forgive my sins. The God sent his Jesus, his son Jesus Christ to die for my sin and make me a new person and give me new life and eternity and all that. Unless I come and trust him in his my, trust him as my Lord and Savior. I am still in the place. It begins with the initial choice, initial faith to trust in the Lord Jesus as Lord and Savior in my life. And then we continue living by faith. I know they're standing, but I need to make one, 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 one comment. In My wife and I was having a uh, dialogue yesterday. She said, do not talk about, unless you thought through it, I, I, maybe I, I might have a heretical idea. Let me just say it, okay? You know, you know, the, you know, the, one of the most famous verse. God so loved the world, right? So that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I think the word believe in him is not just believe once. Those who believe and continue believing and trusting in him. Does it make sense? Often people think, if I just believe, I believe in God once, I'm saved, I'll go to heaven. I believe that verse actually means I trust in God, I believe in Christ Jesus, I continue believing in Him. It's not just one time or it's once and all. it's always continuing to trust in Him. We will not perish by our eternal life. Does it make sense? Now we have a lot of other issues to think about, but it is important that we continue trusting in Him. Growing in Him, becoming more like Christ. If you have a question about that, we can have a dialogue later, okay? You can buy me a copy, I'll, I'll talk with you, I'll pray with you. But listen, it is imperative. God's call is for us to abide and walk with Him daily. Choose Him daily to walk with Him and love Him and honor Him. That's invitation to come, draw near, become more like Christ. Grow in His grace and be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Let's pray. Father, we love and honor You. We thank You for Your grace. Thank You for saving us, giving us new life in Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, you are the very image of our God. We want to be more like you. We want to grow in your grace. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Where would you go? Father God, we come today and say, we want to know you more. Oh, that I may know you. Oh, that I may become more like your God. Oh, lead us in your way. Oh God, do it in our lives you will be mighty in us. Your victory living in us, God. We honor you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.